Hey, welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. This is Matt, and I got a special guest in studio, um, Philip McCulley. And uh, Philip comes from another partner of ours, uh, Dr. McCulley, Dr. Bob. And uh, I've gotten to know Philip for the last, I don't know, year. How long have you been back from Austin? Um, about six months. Okay, so less than less than a year. But Philip... Uh, Born and raised in in Michigan, and uh, went to Austin for a couple years doing doing some other projects and work. And now he's back in the area. But Philip's a vegan entrepreneur, very curious, uh, very smart. Grew up in uh, the natural health. Um, I'll let him kind of share his story. But I th- thought he could come on today, really talking about a couple topics that I find interesting. I think you'll find interesting. And we'll come from a couple different angles and um, perspectives that I think really could add some light. And uh, Philip's got a new business called Natural Zing, and he'll share what that's all about and uh, what his vision and, and goals are in the future. So, Philip, thanks for joining me. Uh, we've been trying to get this together for probably six months. <laughs> I think you've been asking me, how, when am I going to be on the podcast for six months? So, here it is. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Good. Well, tell the listeners how you got to this point of owning this company called Natural Zing and uh, a little bit of your backstory, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. So graduated 2017, moved down to Austin um, for a job, and that was great. And then I was in a few different sales roles. And uh, back about a year ago this month, um, I... Well, I had kind of moved in sales roles, and then I, I learned a lot um, at a company called Variable, and then that helped me get into my management role, and then I'd gotten laid off, and so I was kind of in... Uh, laid off in COVID? Uh, no, it was actually 2022 October. Okay. So, and like I was in this management role, and that was like, I I it was stressful, but I also loved it. Like I got to work with entry level salespeople that maybe didn't have a background in sales at all. And then I got to get them to be good. So I really enjoyed coaching and, and teaching people, but it was stressful yeah. at the same time because it was very much like indicative of like a tech company that had been received a lot of funding all at once. And then they they kind of planned expansion based in a spreadsheet. So they were like, okay, we have this amount we're going to put into the company and that means we're going to grow headcount this amount and that growing that headcount means we're going to grow revenue this amount, right? And we're going to do this within like a span of 18 months, right? Like it it doesn't really work that way. So um, they had basically overexpanded really quickly. Um, And then, yeah, I had gotten laid off pretty much at the October 2022. And that was not good. And then I was like, okay, after what are you gonna do yeah yeah, yeah. well that was it and like my friend was like okay you need to do something different like you have to really take some time to yourself and think what do you do you really want to go back into the corporate world again and and go through this all over again like you're just kind of repeating the cycle and i was like yeah i am so um i actually right after i started working with a guy named howard he's uh my best friend's dad and so we, um, he owns this incredible business, which with electric wire, um, and that is, is going really well that's going on. But then we also, I was also working with Bob. And so I was selling for Bob, my father, 
and natural zing i like message them and, and they message us back and they say well by the way the company is for sale and i was like that's interesting like similar product line similar customer base let's take some of the watershed products let's put it you know with natural zing and let's let's take these products and introduce them to this customer base that's already existing like these people really get it like this is the customer base we want to engage with because quality and freshness and source that those that's the most important things for our customer base right now so i was thinking strategically like i can bring new customers to these people at a very accessibly very easy they're gonna get it immediately um so you know i was i i introduced it to bob and bob was like well maybe not and i was like well i want to do it so we'd kind of negotiated we settled on a good price in my opinion and then um what had happened was bob we had watched someone else approach us a couple of years ago to buy a company. And we, at the end of their negotiation cycle, their inventory was completely depleted. So they had bought into a company with depleted inventory, still at the same price that they started with. And so Bob's like, oh, I want to avoid that. Let's get their inventory right now. And I was like, <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you walked in and I was just probably like, I, I'd probably gotten two hours of sleep. That was the whole first six weeks. It was just like... Yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I was like waking up in the middle of the night like, did somebody package the Brazil nuts wrong? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so um, he's like, yeah, let's get this inventory now. And so we're like, hey, pack this up and send it to us. Um, That's smart. But yeah, it took some, it took a little bit of your sleep. Well, let's back up for a second. So he's talking about his father, Dr. Bob, and Dr. Bob's been a partner and friend of ours for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And, and he's really the um, pioneer for the spirulina chlorella and, and all those superfoods that we, you know, really promote, including the ionized water and, and some other aspects. And so you've been around this space for a long time. What what made you think I want to go do sales? Like what you're a very curious, uh, personable guy. What made you go into sales versus go fo following in in the family business from the get go? Well, so I was in high school, and then I go down to Western Michigan to look at their sales program, and then I was in like the capstone. I got to sit in a capstone course uh, lecture. And then there's this guy named uh, Dr. Jim Eckert, and he was engaging his students so well and so effectively that I was like, okay, this amount of engagement in a university like this could be a very lucrative career for me if I learned from this guy specifically. And actually, me and him had a great relationship when I was there. He helped me train for this national sales competition. And then he was a reference when I was applying for jobs. So like that worked out kind of the best way it could have. Um, so I saw an opportunity to learn from an exceptional person there. Um, that's why I pursued that at Western. Sure. And that's where I started my career was like outside sales. And I just, um, I could have started with my dad earlier, but I think no one wants to like do it so early where you don't get exposure to other companies and you learn, you lose a little bit of that learning. So, and yeah, then I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat, you know, if I could have started with the family business right out of college, but you miss sometimes that opportunity. Did you think you would come back? 
probably not in 2020 when you're crushing it with the sales and yeah. Austin, Texas is booming. And- yeah. And I, I bought a house in Austin before it was cool. So that was cool. Um, but it got crowded. Yeah. It got really crowded and you're like, you couldn't move d- downtown on a Saturday. Yeah. But I knew it was in my cards. I just didn't know when. Mm. And Bob's also just like, well, what else would I do? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, there's so much to do. Well, well, we'll come, we'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think the point of, uh, given that backstory is you've been around this space, you know, how old are you now? I'm 28. Yeah. For, for 28 years, you've been around this space. You took a, maybe a, a couple years off to learn sales, but I think that we'll come back to some of your perspective on, on what we're going to get into that really will add to the, the listeners more than just the backstory of how you get into sales and marketing and, and what you're doing now and, and natural zing. So as a vegan entrepreneur, and I, I'm just coining that as uh, kind of the category that you're in. What space are you in right now? What what is your business really trying to do as as kind of the dust is settling a little bit and you're getting more comfortable with your your customers? I think we're accomplishing a couple of objectives. I think that there's pros and cons to the business model. The business model is like the base state is that there's a wide variety of organic fresh ingredients at a better cost than you're going to get in somewhere like a Whole Foods, um, it's it's going to be more fresh than you're going to see on a lot of shelves, and the source is much better than what you'd see in most stores. Um, that's just because you have to pay the retailer markup when you go buy in a store. I do. Um, I, I shop two or three times a week. But anyways, it's it's a wide variety of products that are as fresh as possible. What I'm finding out with a lot of raw foods is that they'll sit in the they sit in the farm and then they sit in a distributor warehouse and then they sit at maybe another distributor and then they sit at the retailer and then they sit on your pantry um from us it's farm to us to you directly so we'll take directly from farms and we have farm relationships we have over 70 farm relationships right now wow and the thing is when we have to buy so frequently like we can't buy a pallet of turkish figs because it wouldn't be as fresh. Um, so, and then we also carry like a little bit of everything. Of course, we have some items that do better, but it's like. You want that wide variety. You want that. We want it, but at the same time, the purchasing power is way, way down. Yeah. You know, we can't. The Costco's of the world, the the big box stores that are buying so much at one time. Even, you know, there's just a difference between buying 50 pounds and a pallet. Big difference. And it's just a challenge for us. And then it's the constant purchasing because everything's supposed to be fresh. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a pretty heavy. Well, pause access. there for a second and and allow, you know, our last podcast, if if you listen to the last podcast, I was talking about the profitability and and you know, it, it'd be easy to buy things and sell things that have amazing shelf lives and huge margins. And I think that's what makes your business unique. Our business unique is really that integrity of trying to get the end consumer um, the best possible products and in the space that you're in. What are some of your favorite products, best-selling products? Give the listener an idea of what what you're currently selling. Bestsellers, Dulce. And if, and if, if you don't know what Dulce is, well, do you know what Dulce is? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't know before. Yeah. I like it. I'd seen it. It's basically seaweed. Yeah. 
Um, so seaweed, olives, sea moss, and then cacao powder. Those are our big movers and then a variety of like nuts and fruits. What's well, crazy. So when you were at Western going through that sales program, if you can sell sea, sea, <laughs> sea vegetables, you're, pre- you're pretty good at selling stuff. Um, yeah. Why are, why are they coming to you for those products? Because of the freshness, because of the story you're telling? Yes. Yeah. That's and, exactly it. And, and before we got on, you were really talking about regenerative farming. Is that a big part of your business is the regenerative farming? I want it to be a bigger part than what it is now. And so I want us to get away from monocrop. That's easier said than done. Um, because monocrop farms, the issue is you can't scale that. It's the, it's the antithesis of, of regenerative farming is the scaling of these farms. So when you do a regenerative farm, and well, let me just back up and define that for people who don't know. So like the regenerative farming is supposed to be, you are taking a, a plant in its natural ecosystem. You're, you're, you're letting the natural ecosystem nourish that plant. So what there is, like what we started in the 1970s was, okay, we're going to have a field of corn. That's it. What, what regenerative farming is, is I, I went down to Ecuador um, and I, we can come back to it, but you have one cacao plant and then you have the other plants directly around it. So it's, it's, you're not clearing acres and acres of land for this one plant and you're not exhausting the nutrients and minerals from the soil. Sure. And it's also much better for the environment as far as uh, the actual you know, once you trim, once you just chop down the land entirely, the land actually heats up a lot quicker. There's no natural shade to it. So anyway, it's better for the environment and it's a more nutrient-rich food which you're creating. And it's also uh, regenerative as in like you harvest it and you don't need to... uh, Chop down the tree and replant the tree. Right, right. Or switch switch it out for another crop eventually because you've exhausted the soil. So... Um, that's regenerative farming is like you plant it in its natural ecosystem. You let it thrive in that natural ecosystem and you nourish it as in you can give it more soil and more nutrients, but then you harvest it and you, you leave it alone and you just make sure the ecosystem is interacting well with itself. What's an example of products that you sell? I think we understand corn and we understand soy and, and how we've just made these things such a, uh, monocrop what are some examples of some healthier foods that are monocrops that you believe we could be more of a regenerative? Well, cacao is the biggest one. The cacao is your big, big one you're focused on right now. Yeah, the cacao, I want that. So we ha- we, we're going to have the ceremonial cacao. That's going to be regenerative. The other people for the, uh, the other lines of cacao that we're taking right now, they're going to be farmer cooperatives. We know that much. I don't know if they're regenerative, but I know they're not like big companies that do that regenerative. So tell me the, tell us the difference between what you would say is the best quality cacao or the cheapest cacao. Well, there's a lot of cheap cacao. And so what does that look like? There's a ton of cheap cacao. So basically 5% of the cacao in the world is called fine aroma cacao. 65% of that fine aroma of that little sliver, 65% of that origin or, or species that's in Ecuador. So, and that's where cacao originated from is Ecuador. Uh, we have the evidence of that. So the, the thing with cacao and why it's actually really important to not like support big bar brands, 
which you know who they are. I don't need to call them out. But a lot of cacao coming from West Africa, these documentaries, a lot of it's slave trade, unfortunately. And if it's not like exactly like defined as slave trade, in the documentaries, you can see these people get paid less than like a dollar an hour to do this work, to do manual labor. And cacao grows in very humid uh, tropical environment. So you're going out into the forest and you're chop- chopping these cacao pods down. You're chopping them open. So anyway, yeah, with the machete, exactly. And so you, you like, that's who the big bar brands, that's where they're getting their cacao from. Chocolate. Um, well, they're, they're getting, they're getting it from West Africa and that's right. where they're, they're not really treating the farmers very well. And I'm sure they do some of that in South America too. Um, but the, like the big differences between this like high quality cacao, low quality cacao, and what we call a ceremonial cacao, starting with the low quality is that it's bitter. Chocolate's not supposed to be bitter. It's supposed to have a, a, a little bit of bitterness. But when you find the really high quality ceremonial cacao, you'll find that it's not bitter at all, even with no sugar added, with nothing else added, when it's just the the cacao powder, which is just cacao beans, and it's it's ground and processed, and it's, it's pulverized into a powder. When And you have to take the butter out, of course. But um, when you have a very good origin, it's not going to be bitter. The low-quality cacao is bitter, so they have to mask it. And they have to mask it with sugar, different ingredients. Sure. And you won't really get a lot of the cacao flavor. But then you take it a step up, you go to the fine aroma cacao, and that's what we have been selling, but some of it has been a monocrop. We're trying to go to the co- farmer cooperatives. What ceremonial cacao you've seen? Now the ceremonial, yeah, that's, so that's the best. And that's, that's what does that mean? unadulterated cacao, Okay. as in nothing's been done to it. So it's, it's single origin as in like they, they harvested it. They didn't, they didn't take the butter out of that. They didn't take the fat out of that cacao. So it's like a cacao powder that I, I think is 50%, something like that, 50% fat. Like it's very creamy and it's very fruity in the aroma and you can smell it like immediately, like you did actually. Yeah. yeah I, I actually, I, I meant to bring these cacao yeah, we should samples. Be trying, well, I gave you the wheatgrass. You should, we should be sipping on some hot cacao. Oh, uh, we should be. And just so I get the shipment from Ecuador next week. So, you know, that was part of my, I, I always have a hidden agenda. I'm a huge cacao fan. I don't drink coffee and I like cacao and, and Philip's kind of enlightened me on, you know, Number one, I would say for the average person listening, just to have their first cacao nib would be probably a stretch. But as as more people are coming exposed to it, and many people like chocolate, it it depends on the source. And we talk about that all the time. Yeah. And, and you're really going deep as, uh, you know, you have family ties to Ecuador, right? I do. My mom's down there right now. Yeah. She's from Ecuador. She's from a place in Ecuador that's um, dangerous. It's um, it's a very large city in Ecuador. So, but she's down there. She just retired, and then she's like, "Hey, I want to go hang out in Ecuador for a little bit." Cool. So she actually came with me to the farm. Perfect timing for your yeah. new business. Yeah, and going down to that farm was a, it was a trip. Yeah, it sounds like you had a good time. So, talk about talk about the health benefits of cacao for a second, because to me, uh, we've written in a couple of our books. I we talk about our big four or five superfoods, but I always like to. Cacao is real close to that for a number of different properties, magnesium and nutrients. But what are some of the benefits that you see in cacao? I would say the antioxidants and the phytonutrients, the the micronutrients are going to be the biggest pieces of cacao. And then there's also a a study that shows um, when you have a ceremonial cacao, like the real thing, 
that's where um, stem cell production and red blood cell growth, um, that's shown to increase with cacao as well. Yeah, we should, more people should be drinking hot cacao. And, and, and again, we'll, we'll share some, once we get some samples of the, this cacao that I, I've had a lot of cacao and it was uh, totally different than any other cacao powder I've ever had. Some cacao powder is bitter and dry and, and, and has no flavor. Or it gets and, whiny. Yeah. It's, it, it's been sitting too long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going as, as fast. How do you, how do you source regenerative crops the way that you want to without well with being a small business i mean it's hard i i would say like it's a focus of mine i know that it will not be can't do it all the time well i think when we find a good source for something it's regenerative we'll keep it i don't think like i don't think it'll be for every ingredient yeah it just won't be possible but the way that i found this one I I don't know if I saw them on Instagram first. I, I think that was it. And it said like most expensive chocolate in the world. And I was like, what is this? And and I go down there and I'm it's like uh, that is the most expensive chocolate bar in the world. It, it goes up to five hundred dollars. So um, they have a very special process with with what they do with the cacao. And they take it very seriously. And like they do. They it's do. part of their rituals and lifestyle yeah. yeah it is there's these cacao ceremonies funny enough i went to my first cacao ceremony on new year's eve my twin sister year. did a cacao ceremony for us uh for our last retreat it's was very it? interesting it was great yeah and tell tell the listeners why cacao is part of this ceremonial like i'm gonna have to give a blank on that yeah it, i i want to i i need to know more on that yeah i think it i think Kristen shared that it's kind of like uh something to do with the connection of like heart and so like there's something I know. But, I wish. I wish I knew. Yeah, it was very interesting. Think of uh, if you're listening. Think of like the most meditative experience, except you're doing it while you're you're drinking hot, hot cacao. Um, let's go into some other superfoods or um, foods that you really are a fan of right now. What are some other? I would say I take so many so many supplements. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of tough to like. I'm trying to reel it back sometimes. Give so me, give me a couple. Give me a couple. I would you. say the digestive enzymes we have are very powerful. The probiotics are great. I start my day off with those. I do the apple cider vinegar and lemon in the morning as well. Um, I do the NAD plus. That's been growing in popularity. For those who don't know, if you maybe you've heard of NMN, that's a precursor to NAD. Um, there's some good NMN and and some bad on the market, but it's about having the precursors in there combined with the NAD. Do, do you know about NAD? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So it's, uh, I feel a big energy difference. I don't feel any crash whatsoever. I've been taking that for about a year now. Okay. Um, I really like NAD. And the Corel and Spirulina, I'll do that about every other day. I, I try to do it with the CGF just because of the energy difference. Um, I... Besides that, B1, vitamin B1, I take that almost every single day along with breakthrough magnesium. That's five different magnesiums in one. We have our mag teen. I love that. And um, now when you when you were saying to start, like you um, you take too many supplements, obviously one of our philosophies <laughs> yeah, to get to the source and not take too many supplements. I do. What, what do you think? What do you think you're trying to discover, trying to find the perfect ratio for you? I just trying to experiment and be curious. I was trying to do that at first, but now I think I found the perfect ratio. Like it's just listening to your body. 
which I guess is really hard for people right now. I don't know why, but you also have to do research about, oh, I'm feeling brain fog at this hour or after I eat this, or it takes a lot of research, honestly. But no, I just, the objective is to to feel well-balanced, clear-headed, focused, happy on a daily basis and in control of your health, um, which I feel like I've found for the most part. You know, maybe after this podcast, God will strike me down. Um, <laughs> probably, but no, you'll you'll be good. Yeah, no, I, I find that I find the I find that you have that curiosity in all aspects and and being well, curious. It came from my difficulty with long COVID, actually. Oh, really? So I had gotten COVID in March 2021, and I was like kind of nonchalant about COVID before, and I got in Delta, like it wasn't Omicron, like the Delta was the one that still had higher rates of pneumonia, which I had gotten. So I got pneumonia in March, 2021. And then I had like really, I had a big inflamed gut for the longest time. And I struggled with this for maybe two years. And so like I was on a mission to discover what was going on with me. So I had this like gut inflammation and I had to cut out bread and a few other things. And then I had this like adrenal cortisol level just completely spike all the time. And that's when I started with my path with like uh, acupuncture and the red light sauna as well. So like as far as calming the nervous system and then finding out how to treat an inflamed gut, like I worked through that with Bob's help, but then I found out a lot of things by myself as well. And a lot of it was like trial and error and it was not fun. It was not fun, but, um, so, so that's, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that part of your story. So growing up, were you pretty healthy? Yeah, I would say so. I like, that's why this company is like, it's this company's me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh, I was taking spirulina and Corella at camp when I was like ten years old, and like I didn't know any better. My friend, dad was just like, "Take this; it's healthy. Take it with you to camp too." <laughs> and like, <laughs> I would like Philip the spirulina Corella kid. Yeah, no, I I get it. Yeah, part and of people are like, "What are you taking?" And yeah. I'm like, "I don't know, but I know it's good for you." Like yeah. I didn't know, so um, then you chew it and you become the green monster. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, yeah so you so you grew up healthy you grew up around these things did you did you get off the path a little bit when you or you just kind of i don't th- you know i wasn't taking a lot of supplements but i i like now the covid was a bit of a blessing because now i have the information to help other people and now i've discovered fasting which is like its own huge benefits to itself but i was looking at what i ate and then I was eating some veggie meat, like not crap, but it was like, what's the brand? I don't know. It was uh, some, it was those sausages. They weren't soy, but they were like wheat. Processed meat alternatives. Exactly. Higher quality, but still processed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have you been a a vegetarian for? 20 years. 20 years. But then I ate some chicken about a year and a half ago okay and i'll eat chicken every here and there it's okay. okay yeah it never does anything for me i like people are like you you have to try this and i'm like and then i finally try it and i'm like what yeah <laughs> what? You, you grew you grew up with not having too much meat and i think i just have i i can't go back to it now like like i just i think i've lost my taste buds for it yeah but yeah, so anyways, I was looking at once the COVID happened and I was like having to like take my diet from scratch. I'm like, what's causing the inflammation and the brain fog and the fatigue, the extreme fatigue. And I was looking at these 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 fake meats, even if there's no soy in them, 
And even if they're okay, they're still like canola oil, yeah. processed sunflower oil, and a lot of like wheat, gluten, gluten protein. And it's just like... And probably a little stress from the job that you liked, but it was still stressful and yeah. all different all different things. What, what give... Have you always been curious? Have you always been like a curious... I would say so. Outgoing. Yeah, I think that's something that really uh, resonated with me is like who or what made you so curious? Like it, it just obviously is contagious when you're, you know, you, first time you came in here, you're asking all the questions. You love the wheatgrass and, yeah. and being a, a, a vegetarian, you know, you're, uh, you're interested in the cod liver oil. Like you're not, you don't have this hard line of, well, I know this. It's like, you want to, you want to know all of it. Right. You know, you like cacao, but I want to know more about it. I, I like, right. I like farming. I like these businesses, but what, what else do I need to know? Right. That's how it should be too with health. Yeah, it should be. You should always be curious. Yeah, and that's how you discover your own regimen. What foods right now are off limits to you? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel great. I would say five days out of the week, I feel pretty energetic and focused. I just watch what goes in my gut. Anything frozen, not anything. I eat the Hillary's. That's like my cheat. I got. I don't know if it's a cheat. What's so Hillary's? It's just hemp. The oh. Hillary's hemp patties. Okay. And they're just like hemp patties, but uh anything frozen. I eat just so clean. Like I'll why, just why anything frozen? Well, ninety-nine percent of the time you're gonna find all these ingredients you can't pronounce. Or it's just like or or it's supposed to be You're talking about frozen meals or your frozen fruit, frozen veggies? Frozen meals. Yeah, okay. Um it's like, what's not off limits is a better question. Okay. And like, um, I just, I will make things fresh almost every single day. Um, I'll do a lot of sweet potatoes, some grains, the proteins. I'll do egg whites and I'll do just a wide variety of fruits to start my day is a wide variety of fruits. And then I'll like incorporate the protein in and then I'll finish off. I'll do some carbohydrates, but I'll try to stick to a higher protein and I'm trying to get the fats in there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think the curiosity and then listening to the body, that's what you're saying. And, and you're doing that for yourself and you're, you're really trying to bring that into the life of this business that you're creating of, of it. it and it sounds like it aligns with you a lot, but you're also trying to find even more alignment in certain products, specifically the cacao. Um, you're bringing on the spirulina chlorella Anything else you're bringing on? Because I know you had a lot of SKUs and a lot of products to begin a lot, with. A lot. We're bringing on 60 products. I keep saying that, and it's kind of like, okay, well, we have to make those now. Okay. So um, a lot of Bob supplements. And he has a lot of good stuff. I mean, things like phosphate or serine, uh, which is good for calming down the cortisol in your body uh, and increasing yeah, your, kind of your focus. And things like uh, Makuna, which is really great for HEH, dopamine, and testosterone, really increases the motivation. So about 30 to 40 supplements from Bob. And then the other things I found in, in the ether of like foods, we're doubling down on like what we're selling well. So we're getting more products from our olive manufacturer. So we're kind of trying to expand that category. We're doing more products for the cacao. And then we're doing products that I would say are like well-rounded and healthy, like your cod liver oil, where there's like, okay, this there's a serious case to be made of why this is a good thing to put in your diet and 
how you could incorporate this on a daily basis. And then we're doing like the juice powders. So not as good as this, but um, we're doing like the, well, we have a five juice powder blend along with digestive enzymes and a couple other greens actually. So it's like seven, but um, we're doing like the carrot juice powder, the grapefruit juice powder. And because we know those sell well for other companies like ours, not only that, but it's like, I personally take those on almost like a daily basis. So it's got to align with what you feel and what you do. Yeah, exactly. And they're better, they're better than just the powders because you have the alfalfa powder or you have the barley grass powder, but now this is the juice powder. So this is the powder. This is like the, it's not just the grass processed, but it's like the juice. And now that has been turned into a powder. Yeah. So it's much more bioavailable. And I'll see companies combine the grass with the juice powder. Because it's cheaper. Probably. What uh, You gave me a sample of your olive oil. You seem pretty excited about that. I am excited about that. Mostly because I like the source of that. It's new. And I think when there's a distinct flavor profile and smell, just like with the cacao powder, you can just like smell it and it's like that's can, that's quality. Yeah, exactly. Like some the products kind of speak for themselves and when it does, that's when I'm engaged. Yeah. No, I think that's you get some every time I'm over there I'm I'm trying everything that everything <laughs> yeah, we, new. So so you wanted to talk about uh saunas and uh kind of like a a little niche inside the sauna space probably because it's helped you in your your journey. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is that company i bought the sauna is called from is called sauna space Mm. so basically this is they have a base model they have one with an emf shield um i have the base model it's like a tent that is four feet tall and then it's just like it could surround that desk and that's it and it's four feet tall and surrounds that desk and so it's the red lights and now the red light therapy i'm seeing companies charge like $60 for a 30 minute session. And I'm like, God bless. Thank God I have one of these at home. So the red light therapy, the whole thing with that is that it's going to increase uh, blood flow. That's a big part of it. And you know, what's really funny is that like I started using this and then I saw like kind of an immediate like facial hair growth from this. Mm -hmm. Like it was just noticeable. I didn't know it would do that. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then I see these like products online. I see like little helmets for people who have hair loss. They have like little helmets with the red lights. Sure. And I was like, that's so funny. But anyways, I mean, really the big benefit is like really it's it's good for cortisol, your adrenal system, your nervous system to really calm that down. And the thing is why that's so important is because uh, that's going to really allow you to get a very good night's rest when you do that right before you sleep. Um, And also if your cortisol levels are too high when you sleep or maybe throughout the day, you're either going to suffer from, I mean, sometimes a weight gain or or too much weight loss. And also I think the last big benefit of it would be that the melatonin, like the, the melatonin production with the red light therapy is is very very high so so is is this hot so it heats you up it, it's so what's hot the, so t- tell the listener what's the difference between infrared sauna regular sauna red light therapy sauna so the red light's supposed to be near infrared okay now the far infrared sauna is far infrared as in like the the i think i think the waves are farther away or maybe they're longer waves 
But so this is heating your body up with the light. Mm. The other, like the regular sauna, you get the heat shock proteins. That's a big part of it. Um, you get the inflammation, like a like a, go, a good inflammation for your muscles. So there's muscle growth there. And then with the far infrared, um, that's very good. That's that's supposed to be penetrating a deeper into your skin to detox you more effectively. So they got similar, different benefits, but you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of the red light therapy, whether it's the masks or the the things you put over your body or the helmets or the yeah. This is a tent. What what and you uh, can have like a lamp too. Oh, and like when I started using it, my dad was like, "Oh, you know what? Your grandpa actually just had used to have like a lamp with a red light, and he would just work with it." I'm like, "That's so funny." Tell me about your grandpa. Was he in this space too? Well, kind of, yeah. So he, we just went to this ceremony for him last week for Veterans Day, and so uh, he was in World War II. That's where he met my grandma, and then he went and got his PhD in engineering at MIT, and then he went to go teach at MSU. And then he started this engineering company in Lansing and that he, he in, created, invented, whatever this, uh, some sort of coding or mechanism. So you wouldn't get uh byproduct in your pipes for your water. Mm. So he, he, he basically, I'm explaining it poorly, but he improved the coding for the pipes of of your of your water so you would get less you know whatever you didn't want in there less leaking of some type of chemicals or exactly yes some sort of mineral or corrosion something. yeah yeah exactly so it was an anti-corrosive coating that he invented so no just casual no big deal um so yeah. he that's how bob started was the water yeah and so this is what he did was water so he, he kind of is well yeah i mean you're talking about years ago he's using red light therapy now it's the in in vogue thing to do it, yeah i think i think all these things are so fascinating um i think your passion for this and your you've been around it for so long and you've created your own experience and you kind of have a vision for where you want to take uh what you're doing what's what's kind of your your vision for health of this country. What do you, where is it and where do you want to see it go? Um, well, the country or the company? Well, both, but I'm talking the country. Oh, the country. Yeah. Um, that's just such a big question. I think there's so much work to do, but there's a lot of really good work to do. Like, I think that you and I have a very honest mission. Like, we want to make people healthier. And that's like, not only like a life or death thing, like people will come into our store every day and I overhear them and they're like, yeah, my husband, you know, they list the issues that you would say to like a doctor, but they're just like kind of looking for answers right. about their health. And I've been in that place too. So when people like us are a good facet for knowledge and information about health, it's actually really, really important because I was in the medical system during the COVID times. I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. And I went to probably three or four doctors and they're just like, yeah, do you want antidepressants? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> stop. Yeah. yeah, It's not the problem. Yeah. So they have no idea about gut health. I mean, it's just so foreign to them. So, and you see people walking around on a daily basis and you see them overweight or obese. I've seen it more in the Midwest than anywhere else and definitely in America. And I just think, 
you know, they can say they're happy, but there's no scenario where if they could snap their fingers and lose 50 pounds, they would take that yeah. immediately. Yeah. Because the weight comes with, I was a chubby kid until 12 and I started cross country. I was really chubby. I had maybe 30 pounds of just fat on me. And I was kind of like embarrassing Bob, like a little bit, like when I would go out to places, because <laughs> they'd be like, you're a health guy. And yeah. they like, look at me. I know it's not fun to feel self-conscious. It's not fun to feel low energy. It's not fun to feel low mood. It's not fun to be worried about your health. And it's not fun to have to trust in doctors who you're constantly paying to see them. And then you're trying out their new medications. And then they stick you on some programs that end up not working. Like what we're doing, if we can keep providing good information, fair products at a fair cost, and give people access to these materials, like we're doing our part. I love that. Yeah. I, I want to do a fasting clinic. I think that would be really cool because when you start to dive into the rabbit hole of fasting, that's when you realize like when I see people walk around, I'm thinking, okay, all they need to do, they don't need to start with like a very long fast. That would be kind of dangerous for them, but they need to start at a one day a week fast and then they need to like to do two days a week and then cap it at some point. Or, you know, then do like a very long fast. Like the longest I've done is like five days in a fast. Um, but you would be amazed at... For people that have issues, some yes. major issues, yeah. Well, just the weight loss people see when they start once a week fasting. You can do everyday intermittent fasting where you just fast once a week. Or maybe like once a quarter, you do a five-day fast. I mean the amount of fat that your body eats up immediately is pretty incredible. So like the obesity problem, you know, I don't want to be ignorant and be like, all you need to do is stop eating. Everyone just stop yeah, there's eating. Some there's some behavior change to that. It's not super easy, but what mm -hmm. you're talking about is, is technically simple. It's, it, it's, it is. it's kind of easy to understand, hard to execute. You have to do it in the right way. Yeah. And it's funny, people say hard to execute, but you, all you'd have to do is stop eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard to execute because it requires behavior and habits and lifestyle and all the things that... And knowledge of it. Knowledge of like it. Like you can't just walk up to someone like, you should stop eating for five days. Yeah. <laughs> probably, you'll probably get <laughs> smacked in the face. Yeah, I know. Say that to the... So, so what would a fasting clinic be to you? Um, well, there's only a few that I've seen and they're expensive. And the thing is, is that you have an NP just like monitoring someone's vitals um, because this is a very big shock to the body of someone who's not very healthy and that's constantly eating or maybe they're carrying a lot of excess weight. So I would want to start a fasting clinic with that approach of like, you can stay here for five days or, or 20 days. Because when you start to look into the studies of the diseases that people have cured by doing like ultra long fasts, like 15, 30 days, those get pretty crazy. Um, you could even see it in forums. People are like immediately, they're just like, yeah, my tumor size decreased after I did a four day fast. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm not claiming that's the case with all cancer and all four day fasts. Absolutely not. But I think that there is so much... It's They're, it's new. It's a new frontier of understanding the the power of it. It's it's, like, it's new but old. Well, it's like stem cells and some of these other things. It, it's going to take time and it's going to take advocates and and some people. But it's been around for a long time. Oh actually. yeah, we I mean 
since the beginning of time. Fasting, I, I say that on stage all the time. Fasting's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Right. It's not new. We just categor- called it something intermittent fasting, but there there are some definite uh amazing health benefits. There's yeah. some spiritual connection to it. There's some Well, it's mental- like a travesty. It's been like not suppressed, but we've forgotten about it. Yeah. Or it's like people are like a fast. Like one time someone was like, "Well, it's dangerous." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> you don't know you don't know what, how to do so, it. So, um Anything else you want to share with the listeners of what you're doing? Again, I wanted to bring you on. I, I just find uh, your curiosity and and like-mindedness and similar backgrounds of growing up with a health freak and going away and coming back and trying to create our own uh, spin on things. But what do you what do you see with natural zing? What do you want to share as we wrap this up today? Um, well, we got a lot of good stuff on the way. Um, I've learned a lot about manufacturing. It's tough to predict demand. It's tough to have two sizes of over 150 products. That's terrible. Um, how hard? How hard is it to run a high integrity, like you said, a wide variety of products as fresh as possible? We what, get a lot what, of people just asking us, like, "Do you have that in that size?" And I'm like, "Well." I so many things. Yeah, I could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got 15 other things I'd like to do. Yeah. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm up for the challenge. I think that I want to get better. I just want to get good. You know, what you do is you're just good at, at a, a lesser amount of things, but you're really good at it. Yeah. And like, we're... Well, if you take anything from Costco, that's what they do. What do you mean? They have less SKUs than anyone else. And they really? do those things really well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, It's it, there's there's a lot to be learned. And then there's companies and, and businesses and people that are good at volume. Uh, you know, everyone's different. But yeah, for us, that's been kind of the, you know, we come from the education background. We're still educators. Mm-hmm. And so if, if all we're doing is have to worry about supply chain and demand and customs and logistics, we're getting away from our identity. And so that's part of the reason why less is best for us. That's a really great perspective on your business. Yeah. That's probably why you align with Bob. Well, when so we well. spoke when we spoke to uh Costco, we spoke to the executive team two years in a row and in and you're in these meetings with the executives talking about their business before we talk about our piece and and that's what they do. That's what makes them unique is less skews. Cheaper price, get better at them, make sure it's the best product. And if it doesn't sell, they don't, they eliminate it. And, you know, I think there's, there's some, there's some things to be learned there. We definitely want to get, um, I would say every product needs to be special in its own way. And if it, if it's not very special, then I guess it, we need to be one of the only people that carry it. Um, and I want to get into more retailers just because, I would just want to see us on more shelves because of the fact that I see such a low, not barrier of entry whatsoever, but a low bar inside retailers. Like when I go to most grocery stores and even the big national chains, the freshness, I don't think you're going to get freshness in a lot of them because it's just not possible with logistics. Um, but a lot of the mom and pops that buy from us right now are they're doing that exact thing. 
I just think the quality, I immediately just compare quality and price to what's on the shelf and big national chains. And I'm like, ours is so much better. I don't understand how the bar is this low for this category of ingredients. Mar- or this marketing is ingredient. a very, very important piece, right? People have to know it's like, right. You know, what makes something valuable and well, it's usually what people are thinking about and, and that's the toughest part. Sometimes when it comes to food, the freshest, the healthiest is the least known. Right. right. And, and there's reasons behind it. You're talking about feeding the whole world with monocrops versus regenerative farming. It, there's, there's arguments on both sides, but I think I think you're doing your part on on trying to provide access and curiosity and information and products to people that are curious. Um, I did want to mention this one thing when as we got on, we were talking about kind of the you know the the new way new age hippie movement and and the curiosity from people to to be healthy. Have you found being in this kind of world for 28 years that we've we've kind of gone in some different directions that aren't necessarily always healthy for us. We were kind of laughing about that. We know some people that are doing these crazy things because they think it's healthy, but they're some of the most unhealthy people. <laughs> share, share share your perspective on that from being around this for 28 years. Yeah. Um, they. That's how I grew up was like, I grew up at these raw food potlucks. And that just, sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like looking back on it, like what's a raw food potluck in Lansing, Michigan? Yeah. You know, it's like Bob probably started that from scratch or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how, but uh, it's a completely different. I I have people. This is why we have an older crowd we sell to is because this is we do have the OG hippies from the the nineteen nineties and two thousands that were like raw food is everything, and this is a crowd that gets so obsessed with some things. We're like. I had someone call me and say, I have a landline. I don't have a computer. I don't have a cell phone. I picked one up the other week. I was in bed for days. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's like, where do you go with that? So I, 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 like, I think what we're doing is such a happy balance between like fitness and health but also like um we're not obsessive about these raw foods and you can only live raw and that's the only thing you can eat or you will die and then like you have other people that like smoking cigarettes at 95 and they're just like still fine yeah yeah no i love that perspective i mean coming from a raw food potluck i'm not even sure what a why we would call it a potluck that's the funniest thing i've heard in a long time but that's really amazing perspective of you're not just saying that because you read in a book you were part of it you've seen it and then you've also seen i'm sure in austin texas you experienced a lot of you know the fun and the party scene and the music and great food and there's there's a balance there's a yin and a yang and and yeah and if you just get so focused on one aspect, it's right. like the food cannot be touched by heat ever. <laughs> That's exactly it. That then we get That's a little exactly too it. focused. And again, we talk about the balance. So I think I think we'll have you on uh, many times to come in the future as as you're back here and 
and establishing this space. I want everyone to check out Natural Zing. Uh, you got on social media your website, some cool products and um, and some some synergy of what we do and some difference of of what we do. And that's I think that's good as well. Um, no, it's 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 really wonderful that you have had such a good relationship with Bob and the watershed for such a long time. You know, I I tell people this all the time. We think very similar. Yeah. And we're completely different. And that's a good you thing. See that. And and so you can you can help e- each other and you can promote and assist and and there's so much work to be done. And so right. in the scarcity mindset of like only you do the the only thing that can help anybody. It's not the case. You need more people, you know, need more advocates, you need people that resonate in different ways. That's really true. Yeah. And so, because yeah, it's been there's like these alterations inside the community that's like morphing. Yeah. And not in a good way sometimes. Yeah. Like it's just supplements, it's just fitness. Yeah. Or it's, it's, or, you know, the opposite. Mine was just like, we just need to eat raw cashews all day or like raw walnuts. And yeah. Like, okay. Well, you're going to have to invite me to one of these raw food potlucks. That well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> tell me next time it one won't of those. be as fun as you think. Well, one thing I wanted to leave off too is like what you said about the monocrop versus the regen. I actually think that people, um, you know, there's this food inflation crisis we've been dealing with for three years now and like no one understands why it keeps going up maybe it's leveled off in the past six months but um it's painful it's painful even for people like us like i don't enjoy enjoy spending like the blueberries i was at a store here in lansing and they were just like twice the price as as when i I left lansing yeah and I'm like, that's terrible. Like, I just want to eat fresh. I think that people need to start- And we can grow blueberries here in Michigan, so. It's absurd. I I think people need to start growing their own food again. And I know people don't have land all the time or the conditions to do it, but there's this company called Let Us Grow, and it's spelled like lettuce grow. Mm. And um, I actually bought Bob a, a pod of it. And it's basically you have like this big base and then you have a smaller base and then a smaller base and then you have ring lights around each base. And then you have these little uh, areas you can insert plants into and then you can like water from the top. So you basically have a very big, it can hold like 30 plants. Ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. And um, it would be really good for people living in the inner city who don't have land that can't grow food in New York City in the wintertime. Um, and it would be really good because we need to like diversify that supply chain of food. We need to like break that. That is very constrained right now. And I think people are aware of it more than ever. What seeing like the weaknesses, the, the kind of, or I would say the dependency that we have on food and we have farms now and people are buying from farms again. That's great. But at the same time, the distrust in our food supplies has been, you know, it's it's higher than ever because there's so many chemicals and GMOs that we're putting inside of every single part of our food supply chain. Like today I bought organic or blueberries that weren't organic and I was like, I'm probably going to die later today. <laughs> so I think that people need to grow their own food again. Um, and I think that... You know, it's kind of like what YouTube did for content creators and what they did to TV. Like they kind of like destroyed cable networks because now it's like 
content creators on YouTube. And sure. they basically have their own TV channel. Sure. And they democratize it completely. Now they can make a living on that. Now they can get paid. Now it's like, I have my own show. It's the Philip Macaulay show. You would never be able to do that in the past. It's like, it's top-down control. But what we need to do now is like, why are we teaching people? We teach them in school, K to 12, and then in, in, in college. It's like, go learn this skill so you can make money to pay for food and housing. Well, why aren't we teaching people like in K to 12 and in college, like grow your own food. Here's how to build your own house or even like build. Let's just start with the structure. First of all, like I don't understand. And then there's the housing crisis. Like let's teach people to make their own of it. And then we, we solve that constraint on the supply chain of that. So I think that's like to go back to the food I think that is so crucial that people it's it's almost weird that like most every single one of us we don't know how to grow our own food but we have to eat this to live. We all have to eat, yeah. Yeah, we just have we would have no idea how to yeah. do that. <clears throat> it works the same way. It's like we drive a vehicle don't know how to fix it. But this is more important. Yeah. We run out of food. We got nothing. <laughs> we don't need a car. No. Yeah, no. the machines are a kind of a choice. So, no, I think that's very interesting. And again, that's why I wanted to bring you on. As you can tell, at 28 years old, you're curious, you're you're driven uh, based on your experiences. Uh, you believe that you can add value. And and again, I wish you the best of luck with Natural Zing. And uh, again, we'll have him on again as as he gets the ceremonial cacao, and we'll do a. A little a taste cacao, test. A little taste test. And I, I really want to do that next, today. I'm next so time mad we'll have, at myself. So as, uh, as, you, as we wrap this up and finish, uh, I just want to wish everybody a, a great week. You'll probably be listening to this over the Thanksgiving holiday or whatever you're doing. So I thank everyone who joins us each week. We appreciate you, and we'll see you again next time.